Hello, and welcome to the Truth Seekers Podcast. A truth seeker is someone who wants to know the truth. They search for what's true, and they won't rest until they find it. I am a truth seeker, and if you are too, then you've come to the right place where we will search for truth each week in the stories of the Bible. Today, we are going to take a break from our Bible quiz challenge and continue with our series of stories on King Solomon. We have been learning about King Solomon and the wisdom God had given him to rule over the nation of Israel. Sadly, we also learned that King Solomon made some very bad choices. In wanting to make alliances with other nations, King Solomon married the daughters of kings of other nations and allowed them to bring their false gods into his home, the palace, with them. This grieved the heart of God as Solomon built places of worship for these false gods. Now, before we continue with this story, I'd like to ask you a question. Do you know what a leader is? What is the job of a leader? Can you think of people in your life who you look up to? Maybe a teacher or your parents, a grandparent, a pastor, an older brother or sister, or even a friend. What does it mean to look up to someone? If we look up to someone, it means we admire them and maybe even try to be like them. A good leader is someone who leads others to Jesus. A good leader is humble and wise. A good leader listens to God and lets God lead him as he leads others. Solomon was a king and he was also a leader. He was to lead by example. The nation of Israel loved Solomon and knew he was wise. So when the people of Israel saw that King Solomon was allowing false gods to be worshipped, they naturally began to think that maybe these false gods were real and maybe they should worship them too. Oh dear, I'm sure you are already thinking about how badly this is going to go. Sadly, idolatry began to spread throughout the land. Can you say idolatry? Idolatry is when people worship idols or false gods. The people of Israel began to do exactly what God had warned them against and had told them not to do. They began to worship the false made-up gods of the nations around them. Idolatry took such a hold in Israel that for hundreds of years it spread like a disease throughout the land. As the people slowly turned from God, His blessings were withdrawn. Where the kingdom of Israel had experienced much peace during Solomon's reign, now revolutions and wars began to break out, first in one place and then another. One man by the name of Hadad, who was an Edomite, rose up against Solomon. You see, when King David was alive, he fought against the Edomites. Hadad was only a boy when David and his army commander Joab attacked the Edomites. Hadad fled to Egypt with some Edomite officials who had served his father. They set out from Midian and went to Egypt, to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, who gave Hadad a house and land and provided him with food. While he was in Egypt, Hadad heard that David had passed away and that Joab, the commander of the army, was also gone. Then Hadad said to Pharaoh, Let me go, that I may return to my own country. And so Hadad became an adversary or an enemy of King Solomon. There was another man by the name of Rezin who became an enemy of King Solomon. Rezin was also the son of a leader from Zobah who had fought against King David. David had destroyed the forces and rebels of Zobah when he was king. Rezin, now a man, 
learned that King David had passed away and was no longer on the throne, so he too came back to fight against King Solomon and the Israelites. But there was one other man who became an enemy of King Solomon, and his name was Jeroboam. Can you say Jeroboam? He was actually one of King Solomon's officials, serving right there in King Solomon's court with him. The Bible says that Jeroboam was a man of standing, and when Solomon saw how well the young man did his work, Solomon put Jeroboam in charge of the whole labor force of the house of Joseph. Now, one day, Jeroboam was going out of Jerusalem, probably on his way to work, when a prophet of Shiloh named Ahijah met him on the way. The prophet Ahijah was a man of God, like the prophet Samuel and Nathan. Ahijah was wearing a long cloak, kind of like a cape. It was just the two of them out in the country, Ahijah and Jeroboam. Suddenly, Ahijah took off his cloak and began to tear it into pieces. Jeroboam must have thought, why is he tearing his cloak like that? Ahijah tore his cloak into 12 pieces. Now, the number 12 might sound familiar to you if you've been listening to the Truth Seekers podcast for a while now. What do you think of when you hear the number 12 in this story? If you said the 12 tribes of Israel, then you are correct. Do you remember when Jacob had 12 sons? Jacob's 12 sons became the 12 tribes of Israel. Each son had families of his own, and their families had families, and their families had families until they grew into the 12 tribes of Israel. The 12 tribes of Israel became so numerous, as numerous as the stars in the sky. Does that sound familiar to you? Just as God had promised to Abraham, the 12 tribes of Israel became the nation of Israel living in the promised land under the reign of David and now Solomon. When Ahijah tore his cloak into 12 pieces, he was about to give a message to Jeroboam about the 12 tribes of Israel. He said to Jeroboam, Take ten pieces for yourself, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. See, I am going to tear the kingdom out of Solomon's hand and give you ten tribes. But for the sake of my servant David and the city of Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, he will have one tribe. I will do this because they have forsaken me and worshipped Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and Kamath, the god of the Moabites, and Molech, the god of the Ammonites, and have not walked in my ways, nor done what is right in my eyes, nor kept my statutes and laws as David, Solomon's father, did. Oh, dear true seekers, did you hear that? God was going to take ten of the tribes of Israel and give them to Jeroboam to rule and reign over as their king. Jeroboam would become the new king over ten tribes of Israel. The two tribes that were left were the tribes of Benjamin and the tribe of Judah. They would remain loyal to Solomon. Ahijah said Solomon would only have one tribe, and that's because the tribe of Benjamin was smaller than the tribe of Judah, so they joined together as one tribe, the tribe of Judah. So Jeroboam would become king over the ten tribes of Israel, and Solomon and his descendants would remain king over the tribe of Judah. 
God was being gracious and kind to Solomon because of the promise or the covenant he had made to his father, David. God had promised, remember, that David's family line would reign forever. God had promised David that he would always have a king on the throne. He had promised that from David's line, a future Messiah would come. And so to honor his covenant to David, he allowed Solomon and his descendants to rule over the tribe of Judah, while the rest of the tribes of Israel would be ruled by another king. God said to Jeroboam, I will not take the whole kingdom out of Solomon's hand. I have made him ruler all the days of his life for the sake of David, my servant, whom I chose and who observed my commands and statutes. I will take the kingdom from his son's hands and give you 10 tribes. I will give one tribe to his son so that David, my servant, may always have a lamp before me in Jerusalem, the city where I chose to put my name. However, as for you, I will take you, Jeroboam, and you will rule over all that your heart desires. You will be king over Israel if you do whatever I command you and walk in my ways and do what is right in my eyes by keeping my statutes and commands as David my servant did. I will be with you. I will build you a dynasty as enduring as the one I built for David and will give Israel to you. I will humble David's descendants because of this, but not forever. And so, because of Solomon's disobedience and acceptance of idolatry, and because he led the people into idolatry, God gave ten of the tribes of Israel to be ruled by one of Solomon's servants, Jeroboam. Do you know what this means? It means that Israel would become a divided kingdom, a kingdom with two kings. How did Solomon feel about this, you ask? Well, Solomon was not happy about this and did not want to share Israel with another king. So when he heard that Ahijah had told Jeroboam the Lord had chosen him to be king, Solomon tried to kill Jeroboam. But Jeroboam fled to Egypt to Shishak the king and stayed there until Solomon's death. Lest we be too hard on King Solomon, it's good to know that towards the end of his life he did find God again. He was sorry for all of his mistakes. Remember, God had given Solomon wisdom. He just hadn't used his wisdom to make good choices. And later he came to regret those choices. At the end of his life, he looked back and said, I undertook great projects. I built houses for myself and planted vineyards. I made gardens and parks and planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made reservoirs to water groves of flourishing trees. I also owned more herds and flocks than anyone in Jerusalem before me. I amassed silver and gold for myself and the treasure of kings and provinces. I acquired men and women singers, the delights of the heart of man. I became greater by far than anyone in Jerusalem before me. In all this my wisdom stayed with me. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my work, and this was the reward for all my labor. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done, and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless, a chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. Solomon had everything he could have ever wanted, and in the end, he realized that all of that stuff was meaningless without God. It could not make him happy. Without a relationship with God, our Heavenly Father, 
We can have everything we want, but still feel empty and unhappy inside. Solomon's last piece of advice was this. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man, for God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. Dear truth seekers, what truth did we find from today's story? In the end, Solomon realized that the only thing that really mattered was having a relationship with God. Solomon let so many other things come between him and God. He searched for peace and happiness in everything but God. Nothing this world has to offer will bring us peace or joy or contentment. We can think, if I just had this, or if I just lived here, or if I just looked like this, then I would be happy. But friends, that's a lie straight from Satan. Satan always wants you to think you need something else to be happy. He doesn't want you to find your peace and joy in God. The Israelites began to look to false gods and idols to be what they needed. Only God can be what we need. He created us. He knows how many hairs are on our heads. He knows our fears and our worries. He knows what we are thinking in the dreams of our hearts. He knows us better than we know ourselves. If He knows us that well, don't you think He will take care of us? We must learn to trust Him and be content in all things. Paul said in Philippians 4, 11-13, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, in times of need and in times of plenty. He said, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Can you say that with me? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Let's say it again. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Believe today that no matter what situation you are in, when you have Jesus living inside of you, that's all you need. Do you need peace? You have Jesus' peace. Do you need joy? You have Jesus' joy. Do you need patience? You have Jesus' patience. Are you sad? You have His comfort. Do you need a friend? You have His friendship. Have you sinned? You have His forgiveness. Do you need help obeying? You have the power of Jesus living in you to help you obey. Solomon knew that to fear God and walk in His ways was the key to life. Fearing God does not mean being afraid of God. It means knowing that my life will turn out like Solomon's if I look to other things to fulfill me and make me happy. It means knowing that God is the true source of all life. He is the Creator, the one to be worshipped and obeyed. He is the one who loves me and sent His Son to die in my place so that I might be saved. In return, I give my life to worship and serve God because I know that He is the only way. He is the only way I will find true joy and true peace in this life. If you'd like to read today's story in your Bible, you can find it in 1 Kings chapter 11 and Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Let me pray with you before we go. Dear Heavenly Father, there are many things in this world that might try to take the place of you in our lives. May we never look to anything else but you to give us joy and peace. Help us to keep our eyes and our hearts fixed on you. Thank you that we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. We choose to surrender our hearts to you and learn from the mistakes of Solomon. Solomon had everything and he still found out it was meaningless without you. Thank you for giving us all we need in Jesus. We can't wait until you return and we see you face to face. On that day, we know it will all be worth it. We love you so much. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Thank you for joining me today, Truth Seekers, and I look forward to learning more about what happens to the nation of Israel in our next story.